it crept up on me. What's that? The timing of the show? The timing of the show. It all crept <clears> up <throat> on me. I, I, uh, I forgot to do something and then got distracted and then suddenly it was time to start the show. What did you forget to do? I forgot the pairing. I forgot to come up with a pairing ah. for this movie. I think I might have one, but um, but uh, I'm very, very disappointed in myself. But to make up for it, I came up with a new thing that we need to do every week. So Oh, cool. Oh, great. Which we'll get to later. I'm so, anxious to hear what that is. Yeah. So that'll be the we'll do the pairing. We'll do the who are we. And then I have a, a new thing for us to do that I think will be a lot of fun. Okay. So how are you? It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. We haven't released, I haven't seen you in a week. So uh... it's actually been more than a week because last week was our first um, pre recorded show. So it feels like a long time since we've done the show. Yeah. Anytime there's a, a hitch in the schedule, throws me terribly. I don't know what to do with myself. Really? I, I, yeah. Um, cause there's also a, you know, a schedule movie watching time to cover these movies in, gotcha. in the appropriate time to talk about them. And then that throws everything into chaos. <laughs> I know. Cause we put a lot of work into this, but that was a fun interview. I'm glad we did that. That, that was New a Year's fun show. I was very happy to, to meet him. Who was it again? No. Peter Stray. Peter Stray. Yeah, it Peter was Stray from Wales yeah. and with his film Canaries. Uh, Which I loved. It was a good time. And I went on a, on a television and movie watching, just went right down the rabbit hole this past week, watched all kinds of stuff. Really? Great. You'd, you'd think I have no life. Mm -hmm. I watched so many other things. I watched the entire new drop of the morning show, um, which interestingly enough, uh, is directed by, um, Mimi later, uh, who directed, I think deep impact the movie that yes. we're doing next week. Y that's correct. That's correct. Um, and that is absolutely and, correct and loved the morning show complicated interesting show i don't know if you watched any of it it's not a movie is it no it's a tv series probably missed it missed probably it. didn't see okay it. so we, you only want to hear about the movies i watched okay i watched um, no that's not i didn't that's not to say i don't want to hear about him i just you know i i'm i'm i watched the royal tenenbaums i turned i turned mom on to that uh, this whole this last week as well. She just saw it. Well, she turned me onto it, which oh. is why I watched it. You'd never seen it before. I had not seen it before, and I loved it. Um, it felt somewhat autobiographical. There are um, a lot of strange <laughs> things about watching that film. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, and we can t we can talk about that in in our group therapy if 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 you want instead of here. That's uh, uh, yeah. That starts at eleven thirty tonight on YouTube. So if you want yeah. to check that out, <laughs> join in on that. I watched "The Harder They Fall." Oh, cool! With Idris Elba, yes, 
is a, a spectacular cast and oh, yeah. a lot of fun. I rec- I think I recommended that to you. I know I was. Uh, I believe you did. A fan of that movie. That's a really good movie, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that movie. Um, I watched Sabotage. Alfred Hitchcock's Alfred Sabotage. Hitchcock's Sabotage, in which, um, no matter what Dad says. I was able to completely distinguish between him and Sylvia Sidney. I don't think they're at all alike. Um, um, what did he say about that? Oh, it's the old story where apparently they were not getting along and he showed up at the theater one night and said 30 years, she heard her say in her dressing room, heard her shout in her dressing room about him. 30 years from now, he will be nothing. And I, I will be Sylvia Sidney. <laughs> And he said, he said, and now it's been 30 years and I want to, I want to knock on her door and say, it's been 30 years and you are nothing. And I am Sylvia Sidney. <laughs> um, but he's not. Um, she is a revelation in that movie. Oh, uh, she was so great. Sylvia Sidney was so great. Yeah. Really That's- modern, um, modern actor. I thought, you know, on camera, like surprisingly, um, uh, modern in her in her approach in in a in a movie from 1936 yeah um and oscar homolka just um he was great in stripes <laughs> that's that's hulka oh hulka. i'm sorry <laughs> excuse me oscar homolka is wonderful in sabotage and then I watched Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's the, he's in a video game. game. He lives in a matrix. Okay. A lot of fun. Wow. You really did see a lot of stuff. Very diverting. And then I started watching this new British detective show uh, called Vera starring Brenda Blethyn as the detective. And it's all, it's spectacular. Wow. Available on BritBox. Um, well, that's impressive. Well, and I started watching The Shrink Next Door. Is that a TV show? It's a TV series with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd based on a true story uh, taken from a, a podcast about a true story, a relationship between a guy and his shrink where the shrink starts to get a little too enmeshed in in his life and uh-huh. it's it's very disturbing and very interesting uh-huh. and and really fun watching will ferrell do something serious um he can be good at that he's very good in it really good um that's exciting that's a so, lot of stuff yeah so you you so i uh, you, clearly i haven't even had time to go to the bathroom since the last time we spoke with well, all the stuff it's overrated that's overrated anyway. Um, I, uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff too. What have you, you watched? Know? Well, um, let's see. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a maniac with my lists of stuff that I've, I watch and seen and I make year end, uh, year end lists, um, compiling all the stuff I've liked and little notes on stuff. So I was busy doing that. Um, and in the interim, in your bujo, were you using your bujo to make the lists? And yeah, those? yeah. I keep I keep a full log of everything I see in there. 
and then I translate that into different documents. Oh, that's a great idea. I should start keeping track of what I watch in my bujo. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, it's really handy as I, as I, especially as I get older and you watch a lot of stuff and they kind of, some of it melts together. So it's nice to have, you know, a reminder. Um, and anything like notable that you like about it, like particular performance or thing. That, right. Noise, um, as my daughter would say. So, um, but I lucked out because uh, it turned out mom, for some reason, had a bunch of screeners that I, she didn't even know why they sent it, sent them to her. Uh, they're not SAG screeners. Um, so I got to see some really cool stuff, um, including uh, uh, Licorice Pizza. Nice. And which is great. And um, the new Bond movie and um, House of Gu House of Gucci which is uh, quite something. All right. Um, Nightmare Alley. Uh, a lot of different stuff. So it's been, a, it's, been, it's been a good kind of beginning of the movie year. What is Nightmare Alley again? That's the new Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh, how is it? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. I like oh, that's it. That's the one with all the people, right? All the different there people in it? There are different actors in it. There are... <laughs> no. Uh, I don't, and that's, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> there's on the 405, there's a, you drive by a building and they have a thing of all of these different actors in some movie. And I'm wondering if it's Nightmare Alley or. Could be another movie with actors in it though. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps it is. I don't live in LA, so I don't know what the 405 yeah. looks like. I I, I'm really lot, behind I, on I've this. I've been watching a lot of movies with actors in them. So I get. This is Bradley Cooper. And right. um, Richard Jenkins. Yes. And Tony Collette. And yep. yeah. That's it. That's the building on the 405. Um, it's just north of it's, the airport. It, I, it's half, it's, I liked uh, half of it very, very much. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you think about it because it's a noir, it's kind of a noir take. Yeah. You know, it's not a horror movie per se. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Well, I am going to see it. Um so uh I guess, you know, new year, new month, new topic for our movies. We're covering a whole new uh category of film. Um I I got a little confused uh because when you said that this month was going to be disaster movies, I thought we were going to be watching things like Ishtar and, um, right. You know, Heaven's and, Gate, uh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Right. Things like that. Mm -hmm. But you meant movies that the subject of the movie was something disastrous. A movie that, that depicts a disaster. Gotcha. Not a movie that was a disaster. Okay. Actually, you know, to argue Heaven's Gate, uh, it wasn't really a disaster. It was a disaster for the studios. It's a good movie. Okay. Um, but so we're kicking off with 1972's The Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon. Poseidon. <laughs> I was Poseidon myself. The Joe Biden Adventures. <laughs> um, yes. 1972's The Poseidon Adventure. Right. And it's a very easy movie to describe what it's about. It's not heavy on plot. No. Do you no, think it's no, no, I think by saying no. no, it's not. 
It's not heavy on plot. There's a big ship, an ocean liner. It's New Year's Eve. It's the New Year's Eve party. There's an earthquake that causes a tidal wave. The ship capsizes. 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 <laughs> and uh, Poseidon. Yeah, Poseidon. <laughs> the ship capsizes. And 99% of the people decide it's safer to do this, which kills them all. And a small band of people decide to do this that can lead them to some sort of salvation and rescue. For those listening at home, when Matthew says do this, he is pointing one way with his hands. And when he says do this, he's pointing another way with his hands. The the, the bursar says we all need to stay here and we'll be rescued. And uh, a preacher played by by Gene Hackman says, no, we need to make our way up to the bottom of the boat because the boat is upside down. And if we go up and back towards the 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 stern, which is the back of the boat, the bow is the front, the stern is the back. That's where the the hull is the thinnest and where we have a chance of actually being rescued from. And uh, because he's a preacher, he's an expert in these matters. Um, and uh, a small band of people follow him, and it follows their exploits as they try to get rescued from this upside-down boat. That's that's pretty elaborate description. I, I think, uh, you know, yeah, those are things that happen in this movie, but I don't know if you could call this the plot of the movie, because I really think the plot is about, is about a group of about 10 people climbing through shaftways. <laughs> It's really the plot. But that's not a good. That's not a good title. Ten people climbing through shaftways. It's not a movie you're going to go see. It doesn't. It doesn't evoke the kind of Greek, mythologically Greek, uh, um, atmosphere that the Poseidon adventure the does. Poseidon. So, um, my question is, how do we want to go about? discussing this movie because there there are many different topics we can cover we can talk about um well there's a lot of things we can't really talk about like we can't really talk about the cinematography i don't think because it's sort of like well (laughs) uh, i'm stuck i have to shoot them doing whatever it is they're doing yeah, there's not I mean, a lot of visual storytelling in this movie. No, there's not. I mean, there's there's some, you, you know, you could argue that there is some really, really, you know, blatant design elements in visual storytelling that are really obvious and and kind of awful, like the giant Christmas tree that they use to climb up the to the second story. Well, I have that. That for me is under symbolism uh, I, the, to discuss the Christmas tree. That you climb right. the Christmas tree towards salvation. Sure, but I mean, you could say symbolism. It's visual storytelling. It's different things, but it's yes. not all these choices are obvious and, and kind of kind of poor. And and I, yeah, um, yeah. Let, let's start. Here's here's where I'd like to start. The cast. No, in a personal, I'd like to start more personally. Oh, What's your relationship to this movie? Have you ever Um, seen it before? Yes, I have seen it before. And actually, I do have a relationship with the movie, which is that the the only thing I remember, because I saw it when it came out, so I was 12. And the, the last image of 
Well, you're talking to a guy who at the age of six or something had a fricking, um, I'm trying to remember what movie it was. It's a wet, you'll know, I'll tell you what happened and you'll say, Oh, that's this movie. <laughs> um, there was a movie, um, a Western in which I think at the end, Carl Malden's legs get shot up and he's in a, in a stream and our, the, he, the hero doesn't kill him. And he, but he's bleeding out in the stream and he's saying, just, you know, finish it, kill me, finish it. And the, the, our hero rides away, leaving this guy to die in the stream, begging him to kill him. Is this ringing a bell? What, it sounds familiar. I, I actually don't know what it is. Okay. I was six or something. I had a nervous breakdown. I had okay. a nervous breakdown, crying. Why didn't he? Why is it? Oh my God! It's right. like just uh, wait. Somebody made a comment. Maybe they're telling us what movie this is. I hope so. Oh no! It's Danny Nero, a friend of mine. Can I suggest you show the picture taken on the set the day after Hackman won his Oscar for The French Connection with all of the other actors and their Oscars? Oh. Uh, we would show that, Danny, except this, we do this on YouTube, but it primarily drops as a, um, as a podcast. Um, so uh, I will try to remember to put a link to that photograph in the comments of the podcast so that people can go look at it. Uh, what was he asking to see? There's apparently a, uh, a photograph that was taken on the set of the Poseidon Adventure uh, the day after Hackman won his Oscar oh, for okay. the Connection, which is, uh, that's a cool bit of trivia. Thank you, Dan. I would like to see that. I would like to see that photograph. So we'll, we'll find that and post it. Um, so the end of this movie with, with Gene Hackman hanging from the spoiler alert if you don't want to know what happens at the end of the movie turn off the show now uh the end of the movie with him hanging from the 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 wheel that turns the valve to turn off the steam where he sac argues with god and then sacrifices himself to save everybody else upset me greatly at 12 years old it, um, it, it upset me greatly uh, uh as an adult that <laughs> you, you had to watch that the things about it did. Um, I actually kind of remember that too. I didn't see it in the theater, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I feel like everybody's seen the Poseidon Adventure several times in their life because it's, it's been at a party. It's been on, and you know, everybody knows somebody who loves disaster movies. It's always been around, at least in my life. And I, that was a pretty, that I, I remember that as a kid being kind of freaked out by that. Yeah. And thinking that the, He's hanging from this um, valve, uh, this, uh, what is, I guess it's like a, what do you call it? Like a, a valve closure, like this wheel that you turn yeah. to close this valve, which is clearly heating up because it's got a steam pipe on it. So it's yeah. burning hot and he's got to hold on to it over, over a flaming pit of doom. <laughs> yeah. And argues with God. How many more? How many more? You know, what do you want? You know, it's... um. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's well, they lay it on. It's the schmaltz is heavy. It's um, I don't know who, who we have to thank for that. 
Paul Gallico, who wrote the novel, or uh, Sterling Siliphant, who should have known better. But there you have, there you have it. Well, Sterling Siliphant, you know, he, um, Sterling Siliphant was unbelievably prolific. Yeah. But not a lot of stuff that you, I mean, a, a, tons of stuff that you know, but not a lot of stuff that you look at as the, these are, you know, A-list screenplays. I mean, In the Heat of the Night was a big deal. But other than that, it was things like Route 66 and Naked City and... Um, yeah, I think he, I think if I'm not mistaken, he did a lot of ghostwriting or like you know, was hired on to work on stuff a lot. We're not, and... we're not you're doing ghost movies this month though. We're, we're doing. Oh, that's true. And yeah. as we established earlier, he's, he's alive. No, yeah. I don't know if he is. <laughs> you but, made um, that joke last week. I did, but, um, <laughs> but the, it, they laid on really heavy. It, it kind of, you know, the thing, the thing, and we'll get into the, you know, other aspects of the movie, but the thing that ultimately I, my takeaway was like, is this the ten? Like this, it was like the Ten Commandments. This movie, <laughs> it has this incredibly pious religious overtone to that's it. That's the pairing. There we go. I couldn't so. come up with a pairing for this movie, and that's the pairing: the Ten Commandments and the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, I think the, actually that's that's that that's a good one. That's actually a good one because it feels like it. They lay it on real heavy, really and you're kind of like, at what drive-in? Do you think people are really caring about this God thing that you got going on in this ridiculous disaster movie? Yeah. The, 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 the sermon is one is, is his sermon on the deck before the disaster is one for the books is a disaster. Um, it's one for the books. Yeah. Incredible that, um, and I wouldn't say that Gene Hackman is bad in this, but I would say that, it's a it's a character that's probably impervious to good acting. Yes, it, you know? it, it, yeah. So I don't, you know, it's certainly not his fault. But but I have, I mean, I I don't know anything about this guy at all. Like none of it made sense. None of it gelled. I didn't even understand why in God's name he'd be on that boat to begin with, and they never. Because he's going to he's going to Africa. Um, to take on. on a new, uh, he's been banished from the States to go to Africa. I, to... I understand why he's making a voyage. I, I don't understand why he's on that giant Queen Elizabeth ship to do it. That's the part that I was like, oh, wow. You mean taking a cruise to Africa yeah. rather <laughs> than like, fl you're just flying. Flying yeah. or, or taking, you know, or like doing like some kind of like, a, you know, you know, uh, cross Atlantic cargo ship or something. Oh, well, I, I, I think I know the answer to that, actually. You can't, uh, wear, his, you can't wear his fancy uh, turtleneck, white turtleneck otherwise. No, because they, they need that character on the boat to, or the rest of the movie. To I should have yeah. thought of that. <laughs> um, so you'd seen it before. You saw it in the theater when it came out. It yeah. affected you. It scarred you a little bit as a kid. Did anything else about it stick with you or, or, or just the general... Like the general, because you see the poster of this movie and you kind of get the whole movie. It's it's not. Yeah. It, um, for some reason, I remember a scene that I don't now recall having seen, having watched the movie again. Uh, I, uh, for some reason, there was a scene in my memory of of Shelley Winters 
completely wigging out and screaming and having a total freak out. Which she does in almost every movie. She does that in almost every movie, but she doesn't really do that in this movie. No, she, she actually... Well, she gets a little hysterical, but she doesn't have a total panic attack. She usually has a panic attack in a movie. Yeah, and she I mean, didn't. My, my recollection was of a full-blown freakazoid screaming meltdown. And I, you may be conflating that with memories of her from uh, The Magician of Lublin. Because <laughs> full disclosure, Matthew and I had the, the, the incredible pleasure of meeting Shelley Winters um, on the set while she was working with our father. I forgot about that. And um, there were there, there were some fun stories about working on the set on that movie, which <laughs> I think we should cover that film, frankly, at some point. Okay. Um, and I think she had a freak out in that film, uh, and also in on camera in the movie, it's in character had a freak out as well. Yeah. And um, <laughs> okay, you might be thinking of that. All right. Okay. Here's a weird thing for me. I have a weird connection to this movie. I have a weird emotional reaction to it. But I couldn't, I, I, I don't really know what it is because it's not that, nothing in it scarred me. But I think because there's another person who we've met like in it, Jack Albertson, I remember yes. meeting as a kid. Yep. He knew dad. Yeah. And, um, um and I think I was young enough to know him, but also not quite young enough to get that he, it wasn't Jack Albertson in trouble. Like he, you know, he's this kindly elderly guy who's who's trapped in this boat, and it's 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 pretty awful to think of what he's going through. And uh, I I didn't really differentiate between actors and characters at that point, right? You know, so I I thought he was in jeopardy, and I just remember feeling much more freaked out about the movie than there'd be any reason to be freaked out about this movie at all. And I think it's because I thought Jack Albertson was actually in trouble. And then I realized I conflated this movie with uh, with Willy Wonka because of the elevator and the giant... I thought that somehow that elevator ride and Willy Wonka was in this <laughs> ship. Oh, I love that. So great. Willy Wonka got, and the Poseidon Adventure. I got, I got all kinds of things mixed up. It was great. It was an exciting watch. Set My a lot friend, of things straight. Uh, Danny Nero makes this great comment here. He says, I was there as a 19-year-old because my mom was one of the featured dress extras who was given the line, the purser's right, as Hackman was pleading for everyone to follow them up the Christmas tree. Wow. And I think that's actually... Uh, Danny, one of the best written lines in the in the movie, actually. There um, are a couple great, great zingers in here, but that was one of the memorable ones. Fascinating. Um, this must have been. Uh, I, I I thought mostly what I thought while I watched it was what what kind of a horrible experience it was making this movie. Like that's uh, that's mostly what I was thinking about. Well, I did some reading on that, and uh, it actually seems like they had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, they they got into sort of a the, the the actors got into sort of a little bit of a competition about doing their own stunts with, yeah you know with each other like oh i'm gonna do that you know because they did a lot of their own stuff well you can see it's not there they are really doing stuff in it that is one of the cool things about the movie is that like you know for instance shelly winters who gained 30 pounds apparently to 
play this part because yeah. the character is, you know, apparently a very big lady and not really incapable of doing things you think, but then she kind of surprises everybody. That's my favorite shot in the movie when she surprises us. So yeah, they really are doing all their own stuff. Ernest Borgnine is swinging for the fences. He's clearly showing off. Oh my God. And actually Shelly Winters. Um, I, I, I too, I have that written down. It's that I love that she gets her heroic moment and um, it actually gave rise to my favorite line of dialogue in the whole film, which was, you see Mr. Scott in the water. I'm a very skinny lady. <laughs> it, that was, that was the only line in the movie that I sat up and took notice about. Oh, I, I, I took notice of lines way earlier than that. For instance, um, after the ship capsizes and there's an amazing sequence where actors are doing all kinds of things, including sliding on a real set that's tilted and including yeah. just being on a roller skate and going by camera real fast yeah. <laughs> and going, oh! Um, Wait, hold on a second. Ah! Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, everything kind of settles and people are like finding each other and licking their wounds and Ernest Borgnine runs into his, his wife, Linda, um, Linda played by Stella Stevens. Um, and she says, where you been? And he goes, where have I been? I've been flying around on my ass. <laughs> Full stop. I had to pause. I had to literally, I was like, pause. I'm going to go get it. I have to get something to drink. I got to come back. I've been, <laughs> I've been flying around on my ass. I've been flying around on my ass i want i'm guessing an improv that they said is too good to lose for the movie so they kept it in wow i just i can't watch ernest borgnine in anything ever without just hearing she is his mother which was his line in jesus of nazareth when the the sublime um uh and now I'm blanking on it. Olivia Hussey playing the Virgin Mary is trying to get to Jesus on the cross and the, the centurions won't let her through. And she says, I'm, I'm his mother. I'm his mother. And the centurions are like, yeah, right. And, and Ernest Borgnine is the head centurion says she is his mother. That's I, I can't, I can't look at her. It's, it's lodged in your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lot. He he gives his all. Um, he gives his all every time. It's fantastic to see. This this movie feels like um, it reminds me of a time, and it feels like uh, this is like a night at of Hollywood Squares that they're actually <laughs> it's like a special episode of Hollywood Squares. Not only that, but I think a lot of these same people then late went on to appear on the Love Boat. No, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um I I you know, the biggest sadness for me is that in the very beginning of the movie we lose Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Uh probably the greatest ship captain of all time. Except I have a question for you. They see that wave coming on the um, on the radar for about 
10 minutes, right? It's on the radar. They can see it. Yeah. And it's not until they look out the window that he says, turn left, you know, 80 degrees or whatever to go straight into Because the way you have to go th- over a big wave is head on. You don't, you don't take it sideways, right? I don't know anything about sailing. I know that much. Hit yeah. it head on to go over it and through it. Not yeah. sideways to get knocked over by it. It's on the radar. They know where it is. They know it's coming. And he doesn't say turn until he sees it out the window. Well, uh, I think you've hit on an interesting thing. I, there's a lot of discussion online about this. But, uh, you know, he, let's face it, he killed them all on purpose. It, it really reframes. <laughs> on purpose? It really reframes the movie when you think about the fact that this is a this is a captain gone completely mad on New Year's, and inst- New Year's and it because it happens immediately on the you know like as the like if the ball were dropping that's when the wave hits the boat and that's right you know I mean you're absolutely right there's no logical reason why he wouldn't have done that move ahead of time when he knew where it was. Right. I mean, it, it may not have done it. The wave was so big that maybe they would have been swamped. But still, I, you, I like this reading on the movie. I like the reading that try. this is that this that is a, a maniac captain, captain who kills it. tries to kill everybody on the boat because he's so angry at Lenarcos, the 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 corporate guy who who's like don't yes. take on any more ballast. Yeah, exactly. Who's played by the great Fred Sadoff, who is one of the original that guys. I mean, that guy has been in everything. That guy is a that guy. Yes. Ever produced. If you look at him up on IMDb, yeah. If it, it, it's like there was a law passed that you cannot have a TV guy never, series. Yeah. Guy never without. played gangsters, did he? No, guess not. <laughs> um. So you know, I, I I really enjoyed watching this mess. I I I I really did. Um. But it's. It's just shy of being highly recommendable for for that kind of movie because it really does get tiresome. I mean, there's a long stretch in here where they're just climbing through passageways and trying yeah. to come up with little vignettes and little little moments between characters that are all just completely leaden and ridiculous and horrible, awful. Well, and you mentioned something earlier about Gene Hackman being stuck in this role that is maybe un, unactable. unactable. Yeah, there's a role that is even more unactable than his role in this movie, which is Carol, Carol Lindley's character is just that's that's one of the drippiest characters in the history of film. And and why Red Button's character. I understand why he wants to to rescue her, you know, not leave this poor emotional, intellectual. I mean, she's she's really deficient in every way uh, other than being cute. Um, But but to play that role, oh, my God it's the, the the most thankless role well and i mean you brother, know her brother who dies in the attack i think 
was actually played by Martin Short as Martin Short as as um, Dave Grohl. No, the um, um, the world of illusion. <laughs> Doug Henning. Doug it Henning. was like Doug Henning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. The hairdo. Yeah. Just um. Uh, well, there's you know there's tremendous there's an incredible cast here. There's a lot of our remarkable notable people. I, I felt for 1972 that even for 1972, let me say, this was a ridiculously white white cast like <clears throat> for a movie that's supposed to be about a large group of people like that's supposed to represent like all of us kind of like you know right um it's it's it was really like really not like nobody in here everybody in here is 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 a is a white person i don't you know, it's not it's not the first thing I always notice, unfortunately. I should probably notice it more often, but this was just like, what? Really? Okay. Nobody. Yeah. I just I stunned you into silence. I'm glad no, I done I, you, I I got distracted by this. I'm gonna put it up on the uh, screen. Somebody named Galina Kudyavetsyeva has a message uh mm -hmm. but i don't understand it but i uh, had to put that up on screen just to show that i could still read Cyril. oh okay thank you show off yeah wow so that's you actually read that i actually read that her she had put her name up there in russian uh and i was able to read it that's incredibly I, impressive. I mispronounced the last name probably but no I got one would the, have known i got the first name no one would have known um director ronald neem Daniel Nero says, was asked then in his 90s at a huge TPA screening <laughs> on the Queen Mary if it was his favorite film. And he hesitated momentarily and said, no, but it did give me F.U. money. That's great. That's nice. That's, That's great. Good. Thinking particularly of Ronald Neem, very British and proper Ronald Neem saying yeah. that. You know, it's such a funny thing to think of why they get different people to direct or design movies you know it's it's obviously a game with agents just like it is with actors and you know people hustle for jobs and they vie for gigs and they get outbid and stuff but this is one of those movies where i was like ronald neem where where did you what hat did you pick this out of because well, he was primarily a cinematographer he was Much a he was a great director though he he's a, he was a very very beloved um, British director and made and directed some of my favorite light comedies like First Monday in October which we've covered well that's not one of my favorites but he did <laughs> he did do others that I loved um, including a movie called um, uh, The Horse's Mouth which is literally one of my favorite movies and. In any way, it kind of represents what I think of Ronald Neem's style. So to have him on board on this giant technical adventure fiasco uh, is is a really interesting choice. As is the DP who came from TV mostly, and then also did Ma the movie Mash, Mash. which yeah, is he did Mash. Like you see Mash, and then you're like, get the guy who did Mash to do Poseidon Adventure. Like what? Why would yeah? And then, other than that, just like you said, I looked at his IMDb, tons of television. Yeah, 
Yeah. Be, you know, just standard television. So I guess they're like, you know, what's good about guys like that um, is that they're used to working really fast. Yeah. But um, but it's just so funny. It's just so different. The approach is so different than we have today. Like the kinds of folks they hire to to do the to do these gigs. And Fifty eight stunt people. I heard nobody got hurt or killed. That's that's pretty good. Can we talk for a minute about the very, very, very strange and was I the only person to notice it? Sexual tension between the preacher and Pamela Sue Martin. Uh, it's, I noticed it. It, We can talk about it. It was, it it wasn't hard to notice. It was, um, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty vivid. Yeah, but they don't go anywhere with it. It, it, it's there. It's odd and not addressed. It, it, thematically, it doesn't feed into the story in any way. Yeah. If they don't show him like struggling with trying to be a good preacher, but I'm having these feelings, you know, they just, it's just there. I think I know Um, what it is though. I I, I think I know why. I think that represents the single biggest like sea change in our culture (laughs) right there where you're talking. Cause I think in 1972. Yeah. First of all, it's weird that Gene Hackman's in this movie. It just feels strange. Like it, it really think Charlton Heston it should be in this movie. It feels like a Charlton Heston movie. Hackman is much too kind of nuanced and human to be in a movie like this. It seems yes. like, yeah. Um, so if you think about somebody more like Charlton Heston being in it, it was that kind of a movie at that time. I think it was just, of course there'd be something sexual about any relation, any person, that he that he was with like there there was just that component to it no matter what like he's a man and she's a young woman so of course what do you expect you know like it's the 70s yeah and 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 like it it just seemed like if you think of charlton heston in that part then you just be like well of course they're trying to just you know, sex it up because it was this, it was the seventies and that's what they right. did all the time. And if they made the movie now, there'd be sexual tension between the preacher and the, the Pamela Sue Martin's younger brother, the young boy. Sure. Yeah. That'd or between be- all the characters. And that's what the whole <laughs> thing would be about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is like all of the fist shaking that Gene Hackman does in this movie, which I will describe as, Basically, his acting method in this movie is fist shaking. Would have worked if it was if it was um, Charlton Heston doing it. It would have. It, it would, the movie. It would, well, it would, the movie would have made more sense. Hackman yeah. is so good an actor that it that for a while you're like, wait, is this a is this a good? Are we trying to make a like a good movie here or like a character thing or like? No, no, we're not. We're not interested. But then, you know, I mean, you look at like Towering Inferno and they've got a lot of great actors. They got Paul Newman in there and he's not given a lot <laughs> to do. Everybody's making money here. You know, I mean, they're all just making some money. Well, you 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 actually hit on something that that this is this new thing that I want to do, because you mentioned about Charlton Heston, if the, if that had been Charlton Heston playing that role. I, I want to talk about if we were to recast this movie now. Okay. Or, or not necessarily now, but uh, I had an idea for recasting the preacher. I, I wasn't able to get through every character, 
but I have a couple of recasting ideas. Oh, this is a great. I I like this uh this Russell Crowe as the as the preacher. Right out of the gate. That's a home yeah. run. And I would have loved to see as the old Jewish couple John Randolph and Doris Roberts from That that would be nice except you do that would be good, but except you do know that Judd Hirsch is contractually obligated to play that part. <laughs> okay, so, so Judd Hirsch, <laughs> if it's Judd Hirsch, who's who the woman then? Um, be Judd Hirsch and um, <laughs> and Fran Drescher. Sure, Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the captain. Who would we put in the captain? The captain. I'm going to say. I'm just. It just came into my mind. Bobby Cannavale. Okay, yeah. Because you're not going to expect him to die, and he dies too soon. So, like, you think Bobby's going to make it, but he doesn't. Okay. Cop and his wife, the the reformed hooker. The reformed hooker. So we got Ernest Borgnine and um, Stella Stevens. Stella Stevens. Well, actually, I thought was surprisingly good in the movie. Stella Stevens was great in terms of the performances. She was the standout. And her dress is is fantastic. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. So, Cop and Hooker, Jake Gyllenhaal and somebody. <laughs> Could be Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Um, maybe Billy Zane. Billy Zane, yeah. Because he was in Titanic. You might, we could kind of make a reference there. Right. Billy Zane and, um, and, uh, Billy Zane and Felicity Huffman. Okay. For the Lonely Bachelor, I have an idea. The Red Buttons Lonely Bachelor. Okay. Okay. I want, I desperately want to see Mark Ruffalo playing that role. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Steve Carell would be good, Steve too. But... Well, Steve Carell would be casting to type, and Mark True. Ruffalo would be like, what is he doing? What's know, he doing here? That's a good, like, uh, that's a, actually, it makes less sense, so it makes more sense. real depth, depth to yeah. the lonely And make it more confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the crew member who dies. Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. Who, who actually works his way through every region of the British Isles in terms of an accent during yeah. the course of the movie. Yeah. Alan Cummings. Alan Cumming as the crew member. And Carol Lindley? The um, singer? Do you have some? Who's, who's your pick? I don't I didn't have one for Carol Lindley. <clears throat> I was um, thinking maybe... Uh, and this would be a very sad choice because she's actually a very good actor, but would be Elizabeth Olsen. Okay, uh, let's say let's say Selena Gomez. Oh yeah, that's that's that would be great, Selena Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. Or after her turn in Don't Look Up, Ariana Grande. <laughs> sure, to that too. <laughs> um, this is a great game. I like this game a lot. Who's playing Gene Hackman? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Oh, this is good. Okay. You got to, we're going to do this again for we're doing next this week. Every so week. we're doing it every week. I, I'll need and to work on this. We have to go to, and this is another one that I didn't think of. I messed up, but we always have to do uh, who would you be and who would I be? Oh, I have that. I have I, I have a clear I, I have it too, but okay. I don't know if it's very good. Uh I think well I'm gonna say who I think that uh you'd be. 
Okay. Who so you I think, think I that be? you would be um, uh, Red Buttons. Oh, really? That's funny because I put you down as Red Buttons. Really? Yeah. You want to hear who I put myself down as? Who would you put yourself down as? The, the dead brother. The dead brother? Her, yeah, Carolyn Lee's, Carolyn Lee's brother. Carolyn Lee's, I put myself down as Lenarco, the bad guy. <laughs> um no i thought i thought you were either gonna be roddy mcdowell or red buttons but i think you know you do better on the ladder than I do better on the than ladder. roddy mcdowell okay i'll take it i'll take it oh my gosh um what what's your favorite and I mean seriously favorite moment in the movie, not, not oh, this is silly and crazy, but if, if there's a moment in the movie that you, um, that spoke to you in some way as, uh, as a piece of good writing, oh, my friend uh, Daniel Nero suggests John Goodman. <laughs> as Excellent. Very good. It's Excellent very good. choice. Um, is there a moment in the movie where you thought, wow, okay, they actually for a moment tapped into something interesting? Because I have one. Well, I I do. I mean, I, I don't I don't have anything I don't have anything um, small. I don't have like a there aren't any moments for me like between actors or characters or writing that really struck me. It all felt pretty forced, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there is a sublime, there's something brilliantly sublime about the actual boat overturning. Um, it's, it, there's a mixture of ridiculous stuff and, and really kind of staggering stunt work and set work going on. That's kind of crazy and, and wild, but it's an incredibly iconic, uh, iconic movie moment it's it's almost as big as like king kong getting revealed you know or or something and and it it's it's easy to forget the impact of of something like that in a movie at at that time when it's like it was the height of and there weren't there there's no cgi effects to help them out it's all kind of in camera almost all of it's in camera except for some couple optical shots of the boat at sea and stuff but you know, um, seeing a set that large getting used like a toy box and having people flying around, I, I, I thought it was fantastic, just kind of fantastic. And, and it's, it's, um, it's really, it's, it's, it's just a great sequence. So that was for me. Would it, but you have a character thing. You have like a little piece of writing. I have there. a writing moment where th- there's a moment early in the movie and uh, I don't, I, I have to believe that it was intentional. Um, where Gene Hackman and Shelley Winters, the the Christian preacher and the Jewish woman, have this moment of talking about how there's nothing more important than life, um, and it uh, that struck me because it, it, there there I don't know if it was conscious. But there is there is a, a thread in Judaism about, um, you know, there's all these rules in the Torah, right? The rules about kosher, the rules of respect, the Sabbath, you know, things that you can't do. 
or things that you must do, but all of them can be violated if a life is at stake, right? Like you are allowed to work on the Sabbath if it will save a life. Can I ask a question? Yeah. For instance, would if if uh, if some if somebody's life depended on me eating bacon, you could eat bacon. I could yeah. eat bacon. So all so so all everything else falls to save a life. And and that moment of and and you you don't hear that in in Christianity, right? Very much. I don't think in you know. There's a lot about sacrifice, et cetera, you know, and and but he's a rebel. And the way they connect over that spoke a lot to me. Hmm. It was the one moment in the film where I went, "Ooh, the writer's doing something interesting. Um, that's that, that's I can see that I, that's that is interesting. I mean, I guess I, I tune in a little bit because there was something about the there was something about the the. Albertson and the Shelley Winters couple that I'm not going to say that I thought it was anti-Semitic, but there was just something but about it. That was like, it was a little anti-Semitic, right? I'm not, <laughs> not going to say that it was anti-Semitic, but it was but anti-Semitic. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little, you know, I mean, yeah. like, abyssal, and I'm, I'm not abyssal. even, I'm not even talking about like the fact that it's, you know, an old Jewish couple that can't, they're feeble. And then they worried about them being able to do it. Like th- that part, I can deal with, but there was an overall tone of like, you know, these, there's a lot of, there's two, there's a priest and there's a minister or preacher, you know, in it, there's a very Christian kind of like concept to the whole thing. And it felt like they were being really big hearted and generous to be sharing this boat with a Jewish couple somehow. Like it was like, even we'll even talk to the, to the, to the Jewish people and connect with them. Very stereotypical. Very. So I I found that a little annoying, but, um, but despite that, I thought, you know, Albertson and Shelley Winters, you know, they brought some humanity to it and their scenes were probably, uh, among the most connected as actors that two people got, but then you have like, you know, a vignette between them is, uh, is cutting to them sitting there, kind of her whimpering and, she says, uh, Manny, you still have your handkerchief? And he says, yes, but it's not very clean. And that's the whole scene. And you're like, can, are you serious? Like, is there anything else that can be said here? <laughs> Another great piece of writing, though. They worked the, uh, what am I supposed to do with them? Shove them up my ass? The, the the suppository joke they actually work into the script in the scene with Stella Stevens getting the medication from the ship's doctor. It yeah that that's the kind of humor that you you hope stays with the film and unfortunately just does not. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I also really loved uh, uh, the Burser screaming, "Climbing to another deck will kill you all." What? <laughs> what are what are you talking about? And why are you alarming everybody? <laughs> um Yeah, well uh I'm just gonna say it. What polyester white turtleneck was a disgusting choice. <laughs> Not a good choice. It was disgusting. No. I I didn't want to see that after a while. It really got nasty. 
interesting bit of trivia too. Uh, did you notice that um, Pamela Sue Martin and Stella Stevens, they they are told very clearly they have to take their dresses off mm -hmm. in order to climb up the Christmas tree. Nobody mentions that to Shelley Winters, and she's able to climb up the Christmas tree with her dress on. So I'm saying it's 1972. It's the certain mm. things are just not even considered uh, as. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this is also a movie in which you get to see uh, a, a crying Gene Hackman drool onto a dead Shelley Winters face. <laughs> Just in case your day wasn't complete. Just in case you never saw that, you can see that now. <laughs> That's actually um, on the uh, Weight Watchers website. That, that <laughs> you will never eat again. <laughs> you won't eat a thing. Um, um, yeah, uh, you know. So, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about all I've got on this movie. Uh, the well, band's hairdos are pretty great. good. Red buttons exercise routine. I still do that around the Silver Lake <laughs> Reservoir. That's what I do to, you know, to lose weight and keep my heart, my ticker in shape. Uh, you don't like the line where uh, where uh, Gene Hackman's talking to the priest and and they're talking in in front of everybody and he's like, "You should really get these people to come," and he says, "I can't leave these people. I suspect we'll die." That's... What? What are you? <laughs> you're really giving up too soon. Shouldn't maybe say that in front of the people you're trying to calm down in an emergency. I suspect we'll die. I, I think she'll die. <laughs> so she's, yeah. Oh. I don't know about you, but I want to remake this movie almost exactly the same. In fact, release it with just some CGI enhancements and stuff. Basically okay. the same film. De-age right. some people, maybe. Okay. Because this is what I thought was going to happen at the end. Yeah. I, I still think about Charlton Heston somehow. Maybe that's what it was. But I'm like, they get to the hull. They start banging on the inside of the ship for the rescue mission. And they hear people coming. And then... People, you know, they're, they're, they see the acetylene torch cutting through the inch of steel, and the hatchway opens. I was like, how great would it be if they're in Planet of the Apes? <laughs> how great would that be? There you go. They open the hatch, and there's Dr. Zaius. Like, you know, it's J.J. Abrams' Poseidon Adventure. There we go. <laughs> and I think we should close it out with this, that next year... According to our, my friend Daniel Nero, if you start watching the film at precisely 11.35, 28 seconds on New Year's Eve, you'll be right on time for the film's 10-second to midnight countdown. I love it. I that love it. That is a great idea, Danny. Pretty that's fantastic. fantastic. So, well, uh, that's the Poseidon Adventure. That's what it is. <clears throat> That's what it is. I think we covered it. Shelly um, Winters, though. Listen, honestly, people, just just Google, just YouTube her rescue of, of Gene Hackman. This is a great, this is a great kind of surreal, wonderful moment in the movie because she goes on this dive and she kicks butt. She, it's amazing. And these yeah. crazy underwater shots of her, like, climbing, you know, swimming through these cabins and tunnels and saving him. 
she did it. She really did it. It's, it's she, really cool. She trained for that. So next week we continue our disaster, our disaster movies. Excuse me, this is a disaster. <laughs> I did it. What? <laughs> 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 me? Um, <clears throat> with uh, deep impact, uh, as we said, directed by Mimi Later, or Letter Later, uh, Robert Duvall, Taya Leone, Morgan Freeman. Maximilian Shell, who will and, take uh, us in through, through and beyond. Wait for it. <laughs> and beyond. Yes. Um, um and if also you know, if you don't know that reference, go listen to our um our uh episode on uh, what was the name of the movie? Uh The Black Hole. The Black Hole. Der Black and Holen. And your very good friend, my friend, but your very good friend, and I, I don't say that because I don't like him, I just don't know him as well as you do, Joe Erla. My dear friend Joe Erla is also in the movie, and that it means that, uh, you know, if we play our cards right, maybe he'll come and talk to us about it. Oh, my God. I know that Joe has fun stories about this movie. What What cards can I play to make that happen? You don't have to play any cards. I have to make a phone call and see you have if to he's make free. A phone call, see if Joe Erla will join us. That'd be fantastic. Um, so please join us next week for Deep Impact. Please do. And 1998's Deep Impact. Right. Watch it before then because we will spoil it for you. This is a dental thriller. Um <laughs> No, it's not. It's a it's an adventure movie, and yeah. um, it'll be very exciting. Uh, hey, you know if you, if you uh, feel like it and you like the show, uh, stop by. Uh, you know, give us a little rating there on Apple on Apple Podcasts. Yes, um, it Apple helps a lot. Help if you like out. what you hear, give us some stars. If you if you like us, give us a review, or not. So do it's it totally even if your you goal. don't like us. Just do it. What it's free. Do it what you anything. want to do. Yeah. Do your subscribe thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Apple Podcast. It like helps us. If you if you want to help us, that helps. If you don't want to help us, don't do that. Because yes. that's that that's, that would be more in keeping with your philosophy. And uh, we'll see you next week to talk about Deep Impact. That's the truth. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.